Hey everyone, thanks for tuning in to the first ever episode of the Voices for Blogging podcast, where we have faces for radio and voices for blogging. Here in Honolulu, Hawaii, I'm Steve Lee, and hosting us alongside of me in Los Angeles, California, is my old friend, Royce Hamano. Our podcast, like most podcasts these days, covers just about anything and how we view it through the multiple lenses that essentially represents who we are and what we believe. Because of our backgrounds, we're going to talk healthcare, technology, sports, culinary arts, our ethnic culture, entrepreneurship, cryptocurrency and investing, and finally, what may be our most favorite pastime, gambling. In the end, we hope to entertain and inform, but really, we just hope you listen to our entire episode and come back for more. And with that, I'd like to bring in my fellow Hawaii born and raised University of Puget Sound alum, Royce Hamano. Hey, Royce, how you doing? I'm doing good, man. That sounded so professional. Yeah, especially for people that don't have any clue what we're doing, huh? <laughs> but but uh, yeah, no, I'm, I'm actually looking to entertain, but myself. Same here. <laughs> However it works out. If this ends up just being a sounding board for us to talk about <laughs> bets we want to put in every weekend for every like game we want to play, during this NFL season, I guess that's what it becomes. Degen podcast. I mean, I, I mean, we've been talking about doing something like this for years. I feel like dating back to, God, over 10 years ago, we were talking about maybe doing a blog where we talked about sports, gambling, and everything else, you know, that we're interested yeah, in. Yeah, that, that was a while ago. That was before blogging really became super popular, too. We should have done that, dude. We could have sold by now, for, probably like to ESPN for like, Millions of dollars. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I don't know if we're as interesting as Bill Simmons at least thinks he is, <laughs> <Yeah>. anyway. <laughs> or as talented as like Amina Kimes or something, but close enough. Mm. Yeah, we're definitely not as easy to look at as she is either, so that doesn't hurt. <laughs> no, no, that doesn't help us at all. <laughs> That's why you can't see us. <laughs> uh, although we do think we're going to do some things on a YouTube channel one day. One day, yeah. Yeah. We'll see. We we gotta hit our we gotta kind of hit our picks a little bit, and it'll be kind of the DGen channel a little bit for us to. Uh, you can watch us while we're gambling on sports betting. Yeah. <laughs> our pick has already failed on that today already. <laughs> uh, we did okay. I mean, our first three picks we put on that, that we posted on our Instagram page. I mean, we hit two out of three of them. Yeah, I mean, let me let me tell you. Let me explain my gambling philosophy right it's always risk reward so <laughs> as long as <laughs> those bets are somewhat close in the end and there's a chance that the reward could be pretty good like i'm i'm always looking for something that's better than you know just paying the juice just, just always- doing, doing a, a minus 110 which for our yeah. audience, that means we have to put down $110 down to win $100. Right. Now, oh, in the gambling world, yeah, in that gambling world, that sounds terrible. However, in any other part of life, when we talk about investments, if I were to invest my, uh, $110 and I would walk away with $200, uh, you know, people, uh, people would think that's a hell of a sound investment. Yeah. But in the gambling world... It it's not, <laughs> and that's that's why I used to do with 
thousand dollar fourteen parlays. And for those who don't know, the payout on that is it's ten to one. Yeah, oh. the odds are the odds are not in your favor. Oh. <laughs> I mean, on that note, I guess you know, we might as well just talk about what happened today at NFL and and our three picks, right? We had uh, your pick, which was the Indianapolis Colts on the money line, uh, and which yeah. that payout was, you know, minus one ten, which is payout one ten to try to win one hundred. What what were you thinking with those picks? With that pick, like. Um... You know, I felt that would have been, it was going to be a competitive game. The Colts' defense is actually pretty decent. They would have been giving it up. They have one of the better points against in the NFL. And it also they, helps that your last start was against Sam Darnold. Sorry, LA people. But uh, the Browns, I mean, they, they've been scoring a lot of points, but they haven't really been playing that great defenses. So I thought that as long as it was close, you know, there's a chance in the end for the Colts to to actually win outright. And they were they were close. They had their chances. Uh, had their chances. I mean, people people in LA and Southern California are very familiar with Philip Rivers, and um, he definitely had a few uh, Philip Rivers moments, for better or worse. It pretty much was demise of the Colts today, really, <laughs> when it's all said and done. But all in all, I thought I thought that was a solid pick. You know, I, I think when you look at two teams that you're wondering if they're for real uh, going into this game, I would definitely have said the Colts have a better chance of being real. Than the Browns because the Browns' track record over so many years at this point has been that no matter even if they do well, uh, it always turns out to be a mirage. You know, it doesn't kind of pan out in the long run. But I think with this win, I think it legitimizes them a little bit. I think bringing in the Vikings' former offensive coordinator and he bring in the run first type of offense with the talent they have, this Browns team with the talent on defense has a chance to make some noise. Yeah, they, they they do. They're they're going to be pretty good this year. I mean, they have Kareem Hunt, right? The running back too. They're they're pretty solid. I mean that, and and that was their second string running back. I mean, their first yeah. string, who Chum. by the way is on my fantasy team, and you know that really hurt my team today. That he's on IR. Uh, they're so talented. I mean, yeah, he was, are. you know, he was averaging, I, I believe, at some point in time, over five yards to carry for a while. You know, yeah, that, he, that offense that yeah. offense can definitely move the ground, ball on the ground. And it makes Mayfield's job easier as long as he can stay accurate, which you saw today he had some issues with. I mean, they, they, they have a good offense. They have a lot of pieces. Obviously, a wide receiver. Running back is solid. Mm-hmm. I think Mayfield's pretty good. I mean, he can make all the throws. Yeah, Their defense has always been pretty solid, too. It's just that they haven't been able to put it together. I mean, they're talented on the defense, right? It's whether or not they can play solid defense for the whole season. And this would be the year you get, they get challenged, right? I mean, you have qu- two quality opponents in their division, and we'll kind of see how that goes. I mean, the Brown, yeah. the Bengals gave them a run for their money for a while in that Thursday night game. Yeah. But uh, you, you want to talk about Nick Chubb being a running back. Guess who my fantasy quarterback is? Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Dak Prescott. Unfortunate looked, to see what happened looked, to him. Oh, that looked ugly. That, that was like a Gordon Hayward. It's very similar. Uh, it's a, it's also very similar to Paul George when he ran into when he landed on the standard basketball standard. Did, did he did he break his ankle? I, I didn't see. I, I He's didn't hear. in. He is in surgery oh, yeah, right now. Surgery, right. Yeah. So typically, when you dislocate your ankle, especially in a traumatic fashion like this, you're probably going to get some kind of fracture associated with it. 
the early reports were uh, that the fracture was a compound fracture, an open fracture, in other words. So it uh, came through the skin. So uh, it's a long road ahead. And for those not. who don't know, as you guys get to know us, you'll kind of get to know what we do and what our professions are. Uh, I'm a certified athletic trainer. So a lot of times on the show, we're going to talk about injuries that come up in sports and you know, I'll probably give a little bit of my two cents on what I know about it from my experience working with everything from amateur to professional athletes. And it's funny, athletic trainers, they might come across a little desensitized or insensitive sometimes when we're watching sports and see injuries. Because a lot of times when someone gets hurt, where a lot of the general public will have this reaction of like, ooh, like, oh, I feel so bad for the guy and this and that. And it's not that we don't, but what we probably want to see more is the replay over and over and over again because it's just what we do we watching watching these injuries happen is what they do what we do it fascinates us and part of it i think is that it's in our memory bank so when we see it when we're at work we can kind of start to anticipate what's going on and we can talk about what are some of the common ways people hurt certain things but yeah back to dak like jerry jones you know didn't want to pay him this offseason. Just didn't want to pay him the top dollar. And, and in that and in that sense, uh, he'll probably never admit it. But the businessman in him is happy he didn't. Yeah, that's messed up. That's messed up, but, but uh, it's the reality of the game, right? This is the risk he took by not signing the deal they offered him, which was about $5 million, I, I believe, a year below what Mahomes signed for, which seems about right, wanted- though. Yeah, that one more, right? Yeah. See, yeah. yeah, seems seems appropriate that that's what he would have got. <laughs> I mean, you could argue, I guess. I mean, with the talent he has around him, numbers are one thing, but those big numbers don't equal big wins. Yeah, no, he's, he's they didn't not make they didn't make the playoff. They didn't make the playoffs last year. He's not a quarterback that's gonna throw people open, right? I think that's that's one of the biggest things. Like Aaron Rodgers, he'll get he'll he'll make you open. I mean, Roger. Roger's just a different quarterback. We're talking about a different level or echelon. Brady, Brady, he'll throw right. you open. Holmes will throw you open. Right. Guys like Trubisky, you yeah. gotta be wide open. By the way, Royce is a Bears fan, so if you ever hear him lamenting about the Bears, that's why. Because there's really nothing else to do as a Bears fan other than lament about no, how there bad. Isn't. Yeah, there isn't. It's been it's been long since. Hey, like, did you see Cody Parkey doink one in? today i saw him kicking i turned away from the tv yeah um yeah he hit a goalpost again but it actually went through this time not that i not that i blame him for that just the way it is i mean he could have kicked it one foot over to the right and would have been fine i've been been conditioned to expect things like that (laughs) yeah that's the sad part that's like one of my friends who's a raiders fan and all he can do is wait for them to implode uh you know, they just beat the Super Bowl champs. They just beat one of and the it, most, you know, one of the most entertaining and at times dominating teams we've seen, in, you know, in, in the last year and a half or so. But all he could say was, I can't wait for this team for its bad coaching and lack of talent to show and implode the franchise. I'm like, wow, that's a, that's a, that's a very negative. Pe- I'm like. I have a hard time thinking that there's a lack of talent and bad coaching when you put up almost 400 yards passing against Casey and you close the game out with your first round draft pick running back, Josh Jacobs, who's very talented. 
Yeah. So I just I just feel like that's just a little a little kind yeah. of a pessimism that comes from being a Raiders fan. Um, yeah. <laughs> the payoff I mean, the payoff the payoff to be a Raiders fan has been just as good as the payoff to be a Bears fan in the last uh, thirty years. Uh no, I mean they well maybe I mean it they, is they it's about the same. The, went to the Super Bowl, right? They both went. Bears, they both went Bears once went to the since too. the last time they won, and they both lost in that one. They both went to Super Bowl in the mid '80s, so yeah, it's about the same. Yeah, I guess so. They did win right? too, right? right. They, they won. They won against the Redskins, uh, where where Marcus Allen just ran all over them, and then uh, the Bears, of course, won in '85. Now those Super Bowls were two years apart, and since then, neither team has um, won a Super Bowl. I think I have them on the Betamax. Now you're dating yourself. Well. <laughs> I mean, you're dating yourself. I, I didn't say it, not me. Yeah, it wasn't me, it was you. But all in all, today was a pretty great day in, in the league. I mean, it was fun. It's been kind of fun entertaining football because offense is kind of taking over. That's why when I picked the Steelers on the over today with that 44 and a half points, I just I didn't understand it. Because I figured with the Steelers playing the Eagles, Carson Wentz was going to throw a touchdown to somebody, whether it's the Steelers or the Eagles, one or the other. And, and Big Ben you know, let's it rip. So 44 and a half just seemed like a ridiculous over underline. And, and, and so I took it, I took the over. That was a good one. The, the, the one thing that concerned me about that game is that Steelers defense is not bad, but uh, it's not that great against the pass. It isn't. And, and the, at the same time, as hard as is to say, because I own, uh, oh, I shouldn't say I owned, I had Carson Wentz as my starting quarterback in my fantasy league for the first couple weeks of the season. Needless to say, he's not on my team anymore. Uh, but in the last couple weeks, he's been playing better. He has been, actually. He, uh, I've noticed that, too. Right. And so, not good enough for me to really worry that he's not on my team anymore. But good enough where I was like, you know, I think they might be good for about 20 points. They almost scored 30. Yeah. You know? That was good uh, enough. Good, you know, like for me, I, I thought the Steelers were going to put 30 up this game. So when you put the 30 to 20, I'm like 44 and a half. Yeah, let's do it. So I'm just kind of glad that worked out. The The last pick we had, I had today, which was mine again, uh, was the Texans minus five versus the Jacksonville Jaguars. Gardner Minshew. You know, the, <laughs> the, the way this week went for the Texans, you know, it, it just it just sounded like the players... They just needed a change, a change in voice, a uh, change of direction. It sounded like O'Brien's voice and leadership just got a little too old, and, and it probably fell on deaf ears there at this point. And, you know, they have so much talent on the team. I just couldn't see them being at home, falling to 0-5 against the Jacksonville Jaguars, who has been declining every single week since they came out pretty strong to start the season under Minshew. Yeah. It seems like he's a pretty good quarterback, actually. You know, he's but, a little feisty, feisty quarterback. Um, you know, when you watch that game, right? Like I was watching it on my Sunday kick ticket, and uh, yeah, about third quarter, you could, the body language of the Jaguars. You know, this body language, like here we go again. God, we're gonna lose again, and this and that, and this and that. It was just, it's gonna take a lot to turn that ship around down there, down down in Jacksonville. It, it seems. So I mean, you talk about a team that. Yeah, I mean, with the Texans, you talk about a team that's a perennial playoff team. And I just couldn't see them going to 1-5. They, 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 they were running the ball decently well. For whatever reason, Deshaun Watson looked 
little more poised today, sometimes took less risk. And with, in his case, it's probably a good thing because under O'Brien, he was definitely very much, you know, just kind of put it out there and, you know, be a pick or a touchdown or he'd hold the ball too long and he'd get crushed all game long. You know, it's hard to watch a talented young quarterback like that get hit so much because, you, you know, you're seeing his career get shortened right before your very eyes. So if you if you wanted to bet on the 0-4 Texans, what made you stay away from the 0-4 Falcons? Well, where did you start with that? <laughs> you know, for the Texans, at least they weren't blowing these monstrous leads. And <laughs> going got, all the way back to Super Bowl. And, like, and, oh, and, you, and you, you know on that thing I said about the Jaguars where they, they had this body language of, oh boy, not again. Yeah, I feel like that's what the, the the Falcons are experiencing. Were experiencing, I think, when it gave up those big leads, especially to the Cowboys. You know, it's kind of like, and that, so that was history repeating from the week before. I think at that point in time, man, psychologically, I mean, I really feel like you got to kind of, you got to clear, you got to kind of clean house in Atlanta. It's not just about Dan Quinn. At some point in time, I think there's going to have to be an exchange of the players and. And just bring in new blood and fresh blood to kind of come in and work with the new young talent and move forward from here. You know, it's one of those things where defensively the Falcons have always struggled. And it's the funniest thing because, you know, Dan Quinn came over as a defensive coach. But really dating back to even their Super Bowl years, that Super Bowl year, I should say, it's not like, yeah, it's not like their Super Bowl, their, their, their defense was at such a high caliber. Obviously, they gave up a twenty-eight to three lead. You know there are there are there have been holes in this defense from the very beginning, and yeah, we can say injuries, and yeah, we can say this, we can say that, you know, and all that can be true. But look at a team like the Seahawks right now; they're virtually a no-name defense. Jamal Adams isn't playing. He's not playing, but they got KJ Wright. They got okay, still have outside outside, guys, right? outside of us that. Outside of us that have lived in Seattle, so we naturally follow Seattle a little bit. A lot of people wouldn't know. <laughs> but you're 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 around a team that they're in the division, so you're gonna you're gonna know KJ Wright. But if I could ask, I could ask people that are fans of other teams, they don't know who KJ Wright is. They don't even know who Bobby Wagner is half the time, and that guy's an All-Pro middle linebacker. Yeah, they have to know who Bobby Wagner is. Eh? Right, Lee, uh, boom, uh, man, those are the guys that are on the left. They're they're not even a legion of boom, really. You know, legion of boom really more had to do with the the defensive backs, and none of them are there. You know, and and so, but look at the defense they're playing with now. They're they're definitely playing a brand of bend, and hopefully, I don't break it often enough where I can lose the game because Russell Wilson's got to put up thirty yeah, points. Yeah, their offense is so ridiculous now. They're right, just, oh, Russell Wilson. They flipped the narrative. They're just going to rely on that offense, and hopefully, the defense can pull one or two big plays. And hopefully pull it out. So far, so good. So far, so good, man. That guy is amazing. Um, he has 19 touchdowns in the first five games of the season. I, I, the guy is ridiculous. There's only like, one player that threw more touchdowns through five games. Peyton Manning. 20. Like, that's the kind of season we're watching for, for Russ Wilson right now. This is, is going to be a record-breaking season. He, he could never run as much as Russell Wilson. That's for sure. You talking about Peyton Manning? Yeah, yeah, never, yeah. never the threat like that. No, no, absolutely not. 
Uh, you know, look at the, look at the the talent offense though for the Seahawks, right? Fair, they, they don't pay him. They don't have to yeah. pay any of them yet. To be fair though, I don't think Russell Wilson is a comedian that Danny Manning is. Yeah, yeah, Russell R- Russell might have a a little different. Uh, well, he he might have a little different of uh, how should I say directive when he's out there anyway. <laughs> but it's fun to watch, man. I mean, a lot of stuff going on in the NFL is fun to watch. It's fun to watch the Raiders just be competitive week in week out, even in the weeks they lose. I'm gonna tell you something. When teams move to Vegas, they become championship contenders. The Knights, the Aces, I like the Raiders, Aces, right? Somebody said about having the community behind you, and Vegas has been starving for sports franchises forever, and and, and now that a lot of the stink of gambling has been kind of put aside for sports, and now that sports gambling is necessary for the survival of sports in many many ways, like the popularity of football has a lot to do with fantasy and sports betting and, and you know without those two things how many people are aren't watching nfl football anymore you know i got students that i train and and teach that they're they have all these fantasy teams they don't know what they're doing i'm setting their lineup for them every week but they're watching whoa, the game whoa, whoa. That, that's that sounds illegal they're smoking it too <laughs> let me tell you. <laughs> are you, sure, are you sure about that <laughs> they're smoking it as long as i can get them to beat their boyfriends when they go up against their boyfriends that's the best part Oh no! Oh no! Oh, nobody's listening. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. Remember, audience of two, me and you. Don't <laughs> worry, nobody is. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's at, at least at this moment, as we record all this. <laughs> but I, I mean, I said really, really interesting week uh, of games. You know, the Giants tried to make it look like they wanted to win. That, that's uh, that's always entertaining for me as a Giants fan. I, I missed the end of that game. Like, what happened? They, they, they lost? I'm yeah, they lost. The the Red Rifle got the Cowboys into field goal range and, you know, won, won the game. Andy uh, Dalton, back in Texas, back in Fort Worth, go to try to lead oh, the Cowboys. Is that, is that who the backup is? Yeah, they're not and really. And this is oh, no disrespect to Dak. I don't know how much, of a, how much they're going to lose out with Andy Dalton as their starting quarterback with all this talent around him. I don't think they're gonna lose much. I, I don't actually, think so. Uh, I was wondering who the backup was. If you take if you take the Falcons game out of it, and let's say the Cowboys lose that Falcons game, like they probably should have, if not for the Falcons, Dak Prescott is eight and twelve in his last twenty games. Wow, that's not very good. They were eight and eight, I believe, to end last year. Maybe seven and nine. And if they're seven and nine, then they're seven and thirteen in his last twenty games. Like, that says a lot. I mean, the stats for fantasy are fantastic, but a lot of those stats are him hey, trying to claw and come back from behind. Really, really all that matters. Uh, for most people, yeah. It's, it's, all I, it's all I care about. <laughs> or when you gamble. Yeah, or when I gamble. Right. But good guy, stand-up dude, playing well the last few years, gambled on himself. It's just too bad to see him kind of go down like that today. Yeah. So, there were other sports that happened today. Lakers. Wow. And we just crowned a, a new world champion in the NBA. There were a lot of uh, fireworks going on in LA today. No riots, though, this today, right? I, I cannot answer that definitively. I mean, there, were, there was a celebration, apparently, downtown. It was on the news. I don't know what happened. I mean, what I do know is J.R. Smith somehow lost his shirt again in the celebration on the court. I, I heard about that too. 
I mean, the Lakers have two of the greatest hype men on their team right now. Between J.R. Smith and Quinn Cook, I mean, these guys probably played a total of two minutes, maybe, in the NBA Finals. Yeah. Maybe three. But they've definitely made sure they're on camera every time they got a chance to get on camera. Nothing wrong with that. <laughs> I mean, LeBron, LeBron needs his groupies, right? There's no doubt about that. No, nah, but the Lakers, it's uh, that two-man show really started to come together in the finals. Actually, it probably came together, started to come together in that series with the Rockets. You know, you kind of started to see moments where AD was kind of learning, figuring out the playoffs and learning how to win and learning how to take over games, which it seemed like LeBron was totally fine with him if he wanted to take the take the game over. Yeah, well, he had the advantage, I think, every time that the, at least the last two series, too. I forget who they played in the first first round, but he, he had, I think it was Portland, right? He had the advantage. No one can match up. No match up. The last two series, for sure. Right. You know, and, and he took advantage of it. And that's right. what, what he should do. Right. You know, and, and the time and the timing is great, right? I mean, with the passing of Kobe, and for the Lakers to kind of come back this year, make the bold moves, make the big trade, and, and really the team the team is incomplete still. They're, they probably add another piece next year. They could. I mean, they definitely had better fit as far as players this year than they did last year. Um, for sure, for sure. I mean, guy. You know, of course, I'm gonna talk about Caruso. I love the dude, man. He just does the little things, and if he takes it to the rack, he's gonna make the basket. If not, he's gonna make the pass. He's gonna d up. You know, he just kind of does all the little things uh, that you need. You need a role player to do. You know, KCP just stepped up like this. Yep. Where did this come from? Where did this come from? Like, did you see this coming? I mean, he's always been pretty solid, I guess. Um, he's one of those but just solid. But the last the last two games, that's more than just solid role player. What he's oh, yeah. what he was he, doing. He had a hot hand for sure. Yeah, and uh, showed up on D. Uh, then there was always playoff Rondo. Uh, playoff Rondo showed up. <laughs> yeah, he, he was killing it today. He was killing playoff it. Playoff Rondo showed up. I mean, the he energy of the energy. Like, he was getting the ball and making layups and then hitting threes. I mean, right. I mean, it it almost felt like the Heat were so flat to start the day, and you know, at some point you couldn't understand that they had to fight and claw so much just to be in this position. It, it had to feel like they ran out of gas. That's that's the, that's what it looked like. That's what it felt like watching them in the first half. If they ran out of gas. I would have loved to see the series if a Dragic could have stayed healthy. And mm-hmm. uh, yeah, so I mean, and out of bio, I mean, I. I I think in the beginning of the game, you saw the Heat playing so below the rim basketball, especially out of bio. You know, those are the moments you're like, huh, like something, something just didn't feel right when he started the game today. And then yeah, before you knew it, they're soft. down, they're down thirty before halftime, just down thirty. Yeah, man, it was over. It was over. A little valiant effort at the end of the the, the game to make it look close. Uh, I think I told you before the game started, I thought this game was going to be a 10-plus point win for the Lakers. Um, I kind of laid down the bet. I just didn't want to put it down. Uh, it was a six-point six spread, which you thought was pretty high, which in many ways Should made have. me feel good. <laughs> I mean, when you when you said you thought the six was high, that was the moment I was like, wow, I really should put the bet in. Like, because I kind of don't feel like that's high because I feel like 
this was going to be the capitulation game for the, the Lakers where they just got this done. Yeah, um, it, it, it was. It would, I was thinking basically that you know the last couple of games actually uh, AD has looked like he's kind of been hurt, and right. if he's hurt and can't take advantage of his advantages that he has at his position, then it makes it more a more competitive game for the Heat. But obviously, he seemed like he was a lot better this game. And no, I mean you're that right. Rondo his shots. No, you're right. I mean, I remember I was telling you about the bet. It's like I probably would rather feel more comfortable putting a live bet in after about you know a few minutes of the game, just to see what Dragic had left, to yeah. see how healthy AD was. Um, because from my point of view, in that in the last game in Game Five, that didn't look good to see AD hobbling around the way he was hobbling around. Yeah. You know, it, it looked bad. That's part of it, dude. Like you, like, I don't know if people remember though. That uh, when LeBron lost in 2015, I think both Kyrie and Kevin Love were hurt in the finals. Yep, and he he willed them to like I think two wins. And, and 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 that's what I was betting on today. That LeBron just wasn't gonna make that. Wasn't gonna let it happen. Like he was just gonna force this. You know, the dude had a triple double essentially by the third quarter. Yeah, I mean, there's nothing Miami could do. I mean, without a bio back, Dragic mm-hmm. won the game, obviously. You know, J- Jimmy, Jimmy, Jimmy Butler being their their best on ball defender, tired, and their out. best player. Yeah, so pulling out two triple doubles in their wins, like he's tired. I mean, it'd be interesting to see what the Heat does in the off season. Like, imagine if they somehow pull off a way to get Giannis down there. Is that the right fit for them? Who knows, right? Um, yeah, I don't know, but they they need. They need one other, one other guy that can create offense and score. Right, and, um, and as do the Lakers. Too. Yeah, the Lakers could get another. They need another one. You know, LeBron. This is this was a long season, and LeBron's. You know, they're gonna start. They're gonna start camp in a month and a half. Uh, and it's gonna be a shortened season again, and these guys aren't gonna get the break they need. They have to recover first before they can train to get ready for for the next season. The, the recovery period is going to be about a month. That only gives them a few weeks to get ready for camp. So it's going to be it's going to be a tough turnaround for the Lakers next year, and that's why they need to bring in some fresh legs, some fresh talent. Um, I just don't know what they're going to have to do to get there. It'd have to be a free agent, in which case, who's available? Just Giannis. I don't even know. Uh, I don't know. You know, Kawhi Leonard and, and Paul George are the following year. Uh, I'm not sure. I want Paul George on my team. Uh, when he doesn't think it was a do-or-die situation when you're in the playoffs. Anthony Davis is a free agent. Anthony Davis is. I mean, that would be the biggest middle finger, I guess, to LeBron. If not a he won, he just goes and goes to Miami or right, goes to yeah, or, or goes to Brook, or goes to Brooklyn and goes and plays with KD. So here, here's and, the, and Kyrie. It could happen. But, so here's a list. Of okay, go ahead. Supposedly the best players available. This is some sporting news. Got it. Anthony Davis, Brandon Ingram, DeMar DeRozan, Ed Van Fleet, Montrezl Harrell, Gordon Hayward, Bogdan Bogdanovich, Goran Dragic, Davis Bersans, and Danilo Gallinari. Gallinari would be interesting. Offensively, yeah. Gallinari. Defensively. Defensively, no. But you might be able to find, you might be able to dra- uh, sign some lower end free agent to kind of fill the void defensively. And you always have AD. Like AD. You know, was 
wasn't he the shot blocker, top shot blocker, along with Rudy Gobert this year in NBA? He'll be up there, yeah. Yeah, so I think if you get a guy like Gallinari, bring him, bring him back. Like that, yeah. That's not a bad mix. Here's some other guys. So here's some, in addition to the list below, uh, a few other noteworthy names, Carmelo Anthony, Mike Conley, oh. his cousins, Andre Drummond, Evan Fournier, Marcus O, Joe Harris, Dwight Howard, Serge Ibaka, Paul Millsap, Marcus Morris. Joe Harris. Joe Harris would be a good fit, right? Joe Harris is a good fit. You have a consistent, solid three-point shooter. Right and so now, yeah, now you can just go in the draft and go get somebody to run the point. And you don't really need to rush with that because LeBron can run the point if he has to. Yep. You know, but you, you need some guys to play in the backcourt. The frontcourt solid. Like, imagine you pull off Joe Harris and Gallinari. You put that with LeBron, AD re-signing. You know, You're basically doing a, a souped-up version of the Milwaukee Bucks. Basically. Yeah. With with the world, with probably the second best player ever to play the game, because here's the thing, right? Even with this, I still put Jordan above LeBron. <laughs> There's just something about uh, when you, you know we we're, we got the benefit of watching both guys from start to finish, you know, and okay. they both affected the game. because they both affected the game in great ways. Jo- what Jordan did for the game, not just his accomplishments, the things he did for the game. And, and everything around the game and everything that all the players are enjoying now. Like, it, you mean, it's... You mean really like selling kinda, shoes to and Democrats? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. You know, this this, you know, these, this this shoe deal, the shoe deals that these guys are signing now don't exist without Jordan. No, for sure not. And I, I don't think that... It's hard to compare. It's hard to compare eras. It's hard... Mm-hmm. For sure. But... There's no doubt in my mind, I think, that LeBron is probably the most physically gifted, talented player that's been in the league. Like, and he's, this, a combination of, he's a combination of Magic Johnson and Michael Jordan. He is. He's, he's definitely, I mean, he's, he's like a more advanced version of Magic Johnson with, at this point in his career, too, a better jump shot. Absolutely. He's, he's a much more athletic Magic Johnson. But even more than that, he has, in his younger days, the explosiveness and all these other things. Oh, yeah. That guy's a, phys- that guy's a physical freak. There's no doubt about that. It, it's spectacular yeah. in that way. It, it's just, and, and he, yeah. And he's, his basketball smarts are just on, on a level. His IQ like, is unbelievable. Yeah. His, his it, IQ is unbelievable. And, you know, when, when he was younger and people were giving him a hard time for not taking the final shot in the game, you know, he was just he's playing always, basketball. Yeah, he's he was always making, he's always making the right play like that. You would want to play with that basketball decision. Yeah, I love playing with those. Play with that guy. Uh, yeah, makes the game easy. He's gonna get you the on, on a smaller scale. Wouldn't you say that a lot of times when you played at the the levels you played at? I mean, in the end, you everyone you know, you tried to make the best basketball play you could. I did on the bench. I cheered very hard. Bench. <laughs> I mean, you could visualize the best basketball play in the world, you know, while you're sitting there on the bench. But very hard, man. <laughs> I, I, I actually, but I actually found like no matter what form of basketball you ever played, playing good basketball, quote unquote, good basketball, which involves strategy and some fundamentals, was always the most enjoyable part of the game. Like I would say, anytime you play, anytime you play, you whether it be pickup, intramurals, uh, some school ball stuff. Like, like for me, like. 
dropping an assist was probably much more rewarding to me than making a basket. Yeah, I'll take you. I'll take you back to the most fun game I think that that we played together was that intramural game that we played against. I think it was like the law school. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was like four on five, I think. And yep. there, there, there's that one dude. He was pretty good. Like, and they're hanging with us for like a long part right. of the game. Right. And then we made the decision to spread the court out. <laughs> and we started pulling yep. away. They wanted to fight. And the game ended, and we we won. <laughs> and we won. Game was over. We kind of st- we stopped we stopped Josh from always just driving into the into the mess of four people. I think we were playing four corners, dude. Right. Right. I mean, remember? Remember? Yeah. Remember Like every time we got the ball on the baseline, he was just going straight for the basket. I'm like, hey, dude, all we got to do is play four corners here, man, because you're running. You're running into the nest right now because they're just packing it in. Like, yeah, what are you doing? Like, okay. What are you doing? That was the most fun game I remember. Just because strategy. <laughs> it was. I mean, we, they, we, then, we were numb nuts for a little while. Yeah, and then and then they got mad, and then the game ended. <laughs> <laughs> you mad, bro? That was one of those Richard Sherman to Tom Brady, you mad, bro? <laughs> I will always remember that. Nah, I mean. I miss playing stuff, you know, like golf, golf doesn't do it for me, like in that sense, for that part of it, you know, it's a different type of competitiveness and, and, it, yeah. and really golf, I don't even care about my score when I golf, it's more about whether or not I can kind of do what I want to do with my swing that I get the most enjoyment from, like I don't really care about anything else, like, you I, like to see your shots, yeah, I just want to make a shot, like if I can make a shot, that's awesome, you know, like whatever, that's cool. I'm hanging out. I, I tell my, you know, most times that I'm like, I'm hanging out outdoors for four hours, man. You know, usually with some friends, a couple beers, you know, it's fun. Yeah, that way. But, but I've gotten to the point where sometimes I feel like I should go find a court where a whole bunch of old men are playing and just play old man ball with them just because it looks fun. Like I went to Wilhelmina Park uh, last week and there was like six guys playing and I would say it's Oh, six out of six over the age of fifty. I was like, "That's my group right there." I'm gonna play with those guys. Really? Yeah, they point. were just run. They were, they were just playing. I was like, "That looks fun." <laughs> I would play. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I was playing with when I was in Vegas. I would play with like a bunch of young kids. Actually, some of them were like football guys. Yeah. I got elbowed in the face, dude. Oh my god! Yeah. Not yeah. fun. Yeah. They tried to do the James Harden. With the elbows. Yeah. But you know what? This is what younger people do, right? They watch what happens in the NBA and they they emulate it. Yeah. You know, and they they try to do the same thing. I mean, we did the same things. We, you know, we all all did stuff that, you know, we saw on TV, so we thought we'd try it. But at some point in time, like, I think the fun of playing with older guys is, and girls is, uh, that you play basketball. It's not just ISO. Yeah. You know, like I play pickup with younger guys and it's just ISO crap. It's like, this is boring. Like, yeah. you play basketball. Is that what we used to do? <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I mean, if you call it, unless you mean ISO is we're trying to find an opening on a three-point line to catch it and shoot it. Because <laughs> 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 we're of the smaller people on the court. <laughs> like, yeah. 
We're ahead of our time. We've talked about this before. We're yeah, ahead of our time. I was just going to back up. <laughs> just back yeah. up. Well, you want to come up to me? I'll back up one foot and pop this thing over you. It's all right. <laughs> I may not make it, but at least got shot off. But yeah, I mean, yeah, that's that's the fun stuff. So I guess that that kind of brings us to kind of the last thing on the show is kind of how's life, man? Like how's how's COVID life for you in California? How's everything? It's uh, it's interesting. I mean, definitely been there's not been a lot to do since March. You know, for the most part, things have been closed. Although we're starting to open up right now. You know, there are restaurants where you can go and dine in. Um, mostly are outdoors though. Uh, in Vegas, that's actually a little bit different. So Vegas is actually starting to open up quite a lot more than it is here. So oh, yeah, yeah, Vegas, Vegas is a lot more aggressive with everything. Yeah, you know, they took that stance quite a while ago. Yeah, uh, <laughs> the mayor, the mayor there was uh, offering uh, stuff as a game. She, she's in it. How about <laughs> she's interesting? How about that? We'll leave it at that. She's she's, she's, I, yeah. she's a character. She's a character. She's an interesting one. I'm not going to go there and call her other names. It's just I've seen enough interviews with her, and I'm like, are you all there? Like, it's, I actually it's, you know, I actually didn't know who the mayor was when I was living out there. <laughs> I only knew uh, the governor. But, yeah, that was, that was, that was interesting. It was eye-opening. Yeah, yeah. Yes, it was. Watching them from here, and then, you know, like I said, I, I have family that works in Vegas, and when they first opened back up, I, I know some of them were concerned, you know, and, you know, it's, it's not the same, for sure. So, yeah, so on the Strip, you know, obviously there's been a lot of problems, but, uh, you know, you can stay there pretty much Monday through Thursday, I think, and get a comp for free. Uh, the weekends were, when I was staying there like three weeks, four weeks ago, uh, it was like $40. And you can stay at the garage. Oh Forty dollars. In fact, uh, I saw. Is that where you stayed? You stayed there. I thought you at Red Rock. No, I stayed at Red Rock. I stayed off the strip. So, like the Red yeah. Rock prices there were closer to normal, around like maybe eighty to a hundred, hundred something dollars uh, a night. But I would, I would pay that at Red Rock. It's a nice, it's a nice hotel. Costco's across the street, so I can never complain about that. So you know. Yeah, no, it's a nice, <laughs> nice hotel. Like family oriented. Yep. Not as crazy as what's happening down in the strip, it seems Not like. Big sports book, you know, yeah. stuff like that. It's, it's interesting. Uh, when I was there four weeks ago, I think uh, we're, I was playing blackjack. Uh, all the tables were three to two. Uh, there were a lot of tables that were basically, you could only have three people to a table. Correct. Okay. When I went back, when I went back this last time, uh, I think there were some six to fives. And also, there were Pepsi glass dividers. So you could, ask, you could actually have, there were a lot more. Or you could have five people sitting at a table, just that you'd have right. glass. In, in your own in your own phone booth, basically. Yeah, it's it's actually harder to hear when you're talking to, when you're trying to talk to people next to you. Which I guess helps them. Well, you can touch the cards. Everything's face up, right? Or they're not even you touch the cards. You touch the cards. Okay. Uh, when it comes to cutting the cards, though, you can't you can't touch them. Right. So like you tell the dealer where to cut it, and right. <laughs> yeah. I mean, this is what's going to be for a little while, you know, until until we get enough rapid tests deployed everywhere. You know, in many ways, the vaccine, it's a nice thing. But really, when it comes down to it, you know, from everything I've read and studied about it, it's like the therapeutics, the rapid testing, probably probably the bigger role than the vaccine. You know, because, you know, there's there will be people that are hesitant to take the vaccine, you know, because yeah. they're not worried about safety because this, is, this has been developed so fast. 
you know, we're doing 60-day trials in these phase three, phase fours, and those kind of things. And some people are going to believe, like, that's not long enough to know what the side effects are. So, yeah. so I think there'll be a lot of people hesitant to, but it, from what it seems, people are recovering at a higher rate than before. And it sounds like in the hospitals, they're learning how to take care of people that get in there a little bit better than they have. So yeah. we'll, see what, we'll see what living with COVID is like over time. Yeah, I mean, that's what happened in 1918, right? They never had a cure for Correct. it either. No. You just learn, learn how to deal with it. Learn yeah. to treat it. And then everybody starts attaining little bits and pieces of it. Herd immunity is a long time away. You know, the amount of herd immunity we have for the flu is enough to keep a, a being a part of us from dying from it. But we still get sick from it. The vaccine we have for it doesn't stop us fully from getting it. So, life with COVID, you know, we'll see how long this lasts. It is what it is. Yeah, I, I think it's going to last maybe another couple months. Um, but oh, actually, yeah. one thing that I've been talking about with some of my friends here is that what's going to happen after? You know, like after the 1918 flu, there was the roaring 20s, right? Mm-hmm. Same thing's going to happen here. Like people are going to want to get out. People are going to yeah. go want to go to the restaurants. People want to go to you know movie theaters. People are going to want to do yeah. things. And yeah. definitely, gonna, I yeah. think it's definitely going to drive the economy. Sure. Well, and that's why that's why we want our uh, politicians to stop dicking around here with a uh, with a stimulus package. We have to keep everything as healthy as possible for now, to just get us through. We just need bridges. They just need to build bridges for us to get to next summer. I I, I really believe it'll be next summer where we start to feel a little lighter about a lot of this stuff, and we just need we need that we need the backing. You know, me as a business person, there's so much times, so many times where I'm limiting what I can do in my in my practice. Uh, in my in my rehab practice, there's only so many patients I can see at a time. My private performance training for athletes, I can't do it all indoors. Uh, and you know, we need time to kind of build this all all back up. Yeah. And uh, if we if we get assistance from the government to kind of get that going, uh, and we make travel feel safer, which with testing now it's going to feel safer to travel. Um, then we can have you know money from outside coming to Hawaii to support our economy. Uh, we can have the athletes come here and use the services uh, that I and some of my friends offer that they come here to take advantage of. You know, all those kind of things that move the needle for us. But, you know, it, it is what it is right now. You know, i I'm, I'm always been that type of person that doesn't complain about how hard it is. I just got to figure out a way, you know, yeah. and part of and part of the way in this in this COVID times is trading stocks and options, and that's been going well. Uh, I've been fortunate enough to be a part of some real estate investing that you know I've learned a ton from, and been a part of looking like uh, some transactions and things that you know really turned out well in the last twelve months. So really fortunate in that way. That's that's. I mean, and that's why you should look at crypto. That, well, that's why I'm asking you about it. I think yeah. I think. If we can get an audience really to follow us, I think you can educate all of us so much on it. Because I really feel like it's in its, it's ready to pop, pop in a good way. It's ready to kind of take off a little bit. You look at what Square did, you know, and the amount of money they put in there, and what it did to the stock when they made that announcement. You know, there's a lot of excitement around crypto that doesn't feel as bubbly as it did when Bitcoin hit $22,000. Oh, yeah. Oh, totally. But it's, it's, it's just like another, it's, a, it's another bet, right? Upside can it's, be big. it's spreading yeah. your risk, right? It's another way to spread your risk to get some appreciation. Yep. You know, and, and when, here in America, we 
lot of people can't grasp the concept because they don't see it that in Asia it is a currency they're using for goods and services. Yep. They're using it. This isn't just an investment tool for them. They're using it. Yeah. And there are definitely other places too. Um, mm -hmm. yeah, well, I guess with Asia because we're Asian, you know, so, you know, I just figured I'd throw that in a little bit, you know. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> we can familiarize with people that look like us. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If some fifth cousin of mine in China is using Bitcoin, maybe I should too. <laughs> <laughs> hey, why not, man? Why not? <laughs> oh, I know, but I'm, and that's why I'm going to rely on you. I think in the coming weeks, uh, you know, as we do more shows and episodes, of course, we're always going to talk sports. We're we're in we're in the, the the midst of it now, the meat of it. So we're always going to talk about it. It gets us excited, but. You know that business and entrepreneurial stuff. You really, you know, are high areas of interest for us. We're both entrepreneurs. You, you are in cryptocurrency mining. I, I'm in. I, I have a culinary business. You know, other investment stuff, healthcare. I think we have a lot that we can talk about. Where we can share some ideas, and you know, who knows? Who knows what comes up just talking yep. to each other like this? Yeah, who knows? Yeah. But what I want to know is how do I get into your deliveries? <laughs> you look so funny like when, your, when instagram the pandemic your instagram post makes me hungry <laughs> dude did you see did you see the e5 wagyu i got i did i had dude, I, see all, I see all of your posts <laughs> and i'm like man that looks so good uh, for 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 those in the audience that don't know what e5 wagyu is well wagyu first of all is japan beef uh kobe beef is a type of wagyu and as a whole with Wagyu, you know, it's a uh, highly marbled piece of beef. Um, the cow uh, or the cattle are, I should say, are well taken care of. Uh, they're massaged every day. They're fed a rich diet up to exactly. where they're drinking sake. You know, so it's a very low-stress life, and it creates this, uh, this meat that's highly marbled. Uh, and... Actually, a little nutritional fat, a lot of fat in meat that's marbled, not the big chunky fat, but the stuff that's in inside of the muscle, there's a lot of that that actually is unsaturated fat. So actually some of the healthier fat for us. And it's a little bit of a mis uh, should I say, contradiction to think that there's some parts of beef that are actually healthy for us. Because um, as a whole, red meat you know, has more of a relation to things that probably aren't good for us. But... Uh, <laughs> So yeah, so A5 is the highest grade of Wagyu that's out there in Japan, and uh, it drives me nuts when people mispronounce it as Wagyu, like it drives me bananas. It's like karaoke; it drives me nuts. Um, oh, don't, so, don't you shouldn't listen. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, like that. That stuff. That stuff. I, I. Yeah. So, but you know, so we, you know, we just yeah. When you ever come home, we'll go. We'll, we'll grab another piece. The one I cooked up on a, I cooked up that's on. The SL2 Delectables Instagram page. Um, oh, I'm recording this now, so you have to follow through. You got to show up. Hey, on uh, October 16th, you don't have to quarantine when you come home now. You just got to take your test. Oh. Yeah, take your test three days before arrival, and you can come home. You can do the show from Hawaii. We'll just do it at the beach somewhere. Okay. I think that might be a plan, dude. Either that or we'll do it on my rooftop, and we'll just cut sashimi and eat sake on my rooftop. And just uh, do the show from the roof. 
I did not know that the quarantine was ending on 16. It is the 16. Uh, actually, the 15. I'm sorry. I I only said the 16 because my auntie's coming home on the 16 and she's freaking out right now, trying to find an approved testing center in Colorado so she could take the test three days before, show up, have the result in her phone saying negative, so she doesn't have to quarantine. Oh, so you need the te- you need to have the results of the tests. Yeah, so you have to do it three out uh, three days before you leave would be the best time. So that gives the lab enough time to get you the results. And they'll email you the result, I believe is what it is. And then as you're upon arrival, you show proof of the result. And they'll, they'll check you off the quarantine list as you deboard your plane. So deboarding is going to take a little longer, which it has everywhere, but it's going to take even longer now. Um, eventually, we'll do, it sounds like we'll do a fast, rapid test, uh, antigen testing when you get off the plane which will make deboarding even longer. <laughs> but, you know, it's a good secondary major uh, measure. Yeah, to make sure tourists are safer, right? But uh, everything, like you, like you, like we've all experienced in COVID, everything is temporary. Everything is, uh, everything changes constantly. And it's, it's a little bit exciting to kind of know that there's progress in this way. And, of course, it, it makes people a little nervous here you know, that people from the mainland are going to come. And, you know, of course, the concern is they're going to bring COVID with them. So we'll see. Don't be one of those people, Royce. Don't be one of those people. (laughs) I wouldn't do that. No, but like the airlines have jumped in. A lot of airlines are offering free testing, you know, before you come. You know, so it allows you, you know, to buy a ticket. So it's... Yeah, no, I mean, you see, everybody's adjusting as fast as they can, yeah. you know, try to bring normalcy back. And I, I feel like it is close, closer than it was before. But uh, I, I really feel like it's probably going to be summer of next, the beginning of next summer before a lot of people start to really feel comfortable with how everything is. I think work from home is here to stay, though. I think there's so many people that are, like, more efficient working from home get more work done uh, you know maybe but i think people are going to want to go into the office like people want to be around people some of them yeah yeah and i think that <laughs> i probably saw that definitely don't care about that <laughs> <laughs> yeah well we'll see but that, because at some point as long as we get our social interaction right that's the, that's the one thing because some people i've talked to have said like it's the social interaction at work that makes them more inefficient at work. That you don't got that guy stopping by your desk to talk story with you for about 15, 20 minutes. And it stops you from doing something. Um, Sometimes it's those random interactions that that lead to something greater, right? So that's a different point. But that's a different point, right? That's that's another side of it, right? The collaboration is still important. I think collaboration in person as for as for as efficient as Zoom or WebEx or FaceTime or Skype can be, and go to meeting and all that stuff, like, it, it, I think when you get a room of people getting really creative, there's a vibe that kind of gets created there, and the juices get going. Like, that's some of the most stimulating kind of times for conversation and for, you know, idea creation and cultivation, right? Yeah. So, I don't know, man. Interesting yeah. times, fun stuff. So you can come home for Christmas now. Now that you know that, uh, now that you know that uh, this thing's getting lifted. I don't know. I mean, we'll see. I mean, I'll definitely try to. Um, gotta figure out where I can get the test though. Oh, CVS and Walgreens. Oh, they do it now. 
They're gonna make it easy. Uh, not the it'll one where they stick it far up your nose, is it? Yeah. Uh, it'll be halfway up. It'll be halfway. So only like it'll only go up like past the initial part of your nostril. Uh, they don't have to go all the way up to your brain. Um, for for these tests, so definitely don't want that. Yeah. So if you're a Kaiser member, Kaiser will do it for you. Uh, CVS and Walgreens for sure. Any Quest Diagnostics, they'll do it. So there's a lot of options. And like I said, some of the airlines at certain airports, they're going to offer it to you right there at the airport in a drive-through manner. Yeah. So there's options. Look, everybody wants to get it going, right? Airlines want passengers, so they're going to make this easy. Hawaii needs tourists, so they're going to try to find as many partners as they can to run these tests for them. So we'll yeah. see. So if anybody listens to this and you want to live in Hawaii, we'll see, for, man. rent a house for a month and fly into Hawaii, just get tested first and support our economy <laughs> for a month. Buy we're some pineapples. From, we're from Hawaii. We're from Hawaii instead of wherever it is that you're living that's covered in snow and you can't go anywhere. Uh, soon to be, for sure. Yeah, work tourism. So. All right, man. Any, anything else? No, man. I think that's pretty good. I think... Uh, I think everyone should know that our, our next episode, we're going to try to get it out in time so you can hear our opinions and our picks for week six of the NFL. Uh, hopefully, we can drop, we'll can we try to drop that one by Friday or Saturday, depending how things go. Uh, and other than that, I hope you guys enjoyed all this. Anything left for us? No, that's all, man. <laughs> Until the next time. <laughs> Until the next time, aloha, and we will talk to you later.